Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Dayton Abbott with you. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Uh, I go about twice a year. We used to go three times a year when we used to auction off a dinner with Louis DeBrusque and myself, but uh, now we go twice a year if the kids was there the other night. It was fantastic. Uh, Pleased to be joined by uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeBrusque. Hi, Louis. How you doing? Hey, Bob. How you doing today, bud? Good. Is uh, is it a little bit busier uh, in the DeBrusque household these days? Cupboards seem to be a little bare too. Now, does <laughs> how does that work? Like, so Jake comes back and he's living at home. Is it, am I? I don't want to pry too much, but he's living at home for the summer. Is that right? As of right now, yep. As of right now, yep. uh, does he subtly make a contribution to uh, pay for the groceries or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's amazing, no, eh? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it just kind of goes right back to the way it was. But uh, we wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest with you. I we, know. Try and put, we try and put on as much weight on him as we can in the, in the first month that he's home. <laughs> you know, rebulk, refuel, and then uh, back to work again. So, but uh, yeah, no, you know, we're happy to have him home. We obviously don't get to see him a whole lot during the season. It's been that way for, you know, six years. Yeah. So you out kick for you. us. It's. Uh, it's yeah. our time to spend our time with him, kind of. We look at it that way, and then whatever he decides to do for later in the summer is entirely up to him. But we have him here for a few weeks anyway, and we'll uh, we'll uh, relish that. I, I was just going to say, and I'm not telling tales out of school here. I mean, uh, you know, you outkicked your coverage with Cindy, uh, and mama bears tend to be very protective of their sons uh, and their daughters, for that matter. But uh, let me ask you this, just in terms of... So, so he's around. Uh, everybody played hurt in that Stanley Cup final. We know, we know that. Uh, I, I believe there was a litany of injuries. Like Jake had a couple injuries that kind of uh, uh, derailed him during the course of the playoff, didn't he? I wouldn't say derailed him, but certainly nagged him. I think that's yeah. everybody, though. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't make any excuses. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't think there was anything that he felt that uh, hindered his game to the point where it should have an effect on it. To be honest, but. Uh, yeah, no, listen, it's a grind. That's one thing that, you know, that he's learned. He's been on a couple lengthy playoff runs throughout his career in junior. He had a long run in Providence to the conference final his first year of pro, and then he went to the Stanley Cup final in, in Boston. Um, there's some wear and tear there. There's no question. And it's it, the thing that he noticed the most, I think, and that I got from him was you never really get back to 100%. You're always chasing it. But that's really important to chase. It's really important to stay on those injuries and try and maintain that as much as possible throughout it to give yourself the best chance to be the top that you can be going into each and every game. Even though it might only be 80%, 90%, 95%, 70%, whatever it is, you're, you're always trying to build that up so that you have that maximum capacity you can get back to. Uh, for each and every game, and that's what it's all about. But it's a grind. It's a war. Uh, they played some really physical, heavy teams throughout that playoff run, 
And uh, I personally, you know, just from my belief, I, I look at that and say, you're, you're going to learn a ton from that. You know, you, you don't you don't see it that way right now. I know that obviously the result wasn't what you wanted, but I think moving forward, that will be pivotal in, in preparing yourself for games in the future because you know how hard and what it takes to get there and how hard it is to win. So um, I think that'll be a positive moving forward. Jake still has another year left, even though he's played three pro years now, but he played as a 19-year-old uh, So uh, in the minors. Uh, he's got another year left before he's up yep. for contract negotiation. How closely do players like Jake, there's this whole group of RFAs, Mitch Marner, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Braden Point. I mean, these guys are... You know, in the case of Ajo, and Ajo is the best player in Carolina. You know what? The biggest driver in Tampa Bay is Braden Point. I know. Well, I got to. I mean, Kucherov led the league in scoring, won the MVP. But Braden Point might have. Braden Point might have been the most uh, underrated player in the entire National Hockey League. The guy had 90 points. You got Marner had 90 plus uh, points in Toronto. There's you know Patrick Liney. Is Jake kind of watching uh, that from afar, kind of keeping an eye on it? Absolutely. You know, we talk about it quite a bit. Those are his peers, too, right? Those are the guys that he came up with. A lot of those guys he played against in junior and, you know, development camps and uh, national development camps. Like he, So he's crossed paths with a lot of those guys because they're his age. So, um, but yes, obviously you're you're now in, in a pro sport and you're watching. Everything's important now how it transpires. But yeah, what a crop of restricted free agents coming into this offseason. I mean, Cal Connor's another one. Patrick Liney's another one. Matthew Kachuk down in and Calgary is going to demand a lot of money if he really wants to stay pat and demand. I mean, these these young players that have stepped in in two or three years, respectively, Charlie McAvoy also in Boston is a restricted free agent, and he led all defensemen in ice time throughout the playoffs for the Bruins. Like, he was a horse, him and Tory Krug. So, um, you know, every single team's position is different, though, Bob. You and I have talked about this before. There's certain teams that already have a salary cap sort of implemented because of the star players they have there, and they can kind of push that ceiling down a bit. And then there's other teams that, you know what, like a Mitch Marner walks in and looks at his buddy Austin Matthews signing for what he signed for. He's led that Toronto Maple Leafs team two out of three years in scoring, and he's been one or two or tied for one in assists in the three years he's played in the NHL. This guy puts up points. I mean, I don't care what you say. He's a super dynamic player. He's amazing. And, you know, now he's in a situation where I think with this many restrictive free agents, I know there's been a lot of talk about offer sheets. I still think that's a real risky move for an organization. Not risky. I shouldn't say that's the wrong word. I think it's dangerous because it just opens up a can of worms and there could be a ripple effect throughout the league and then eventually could, could come back to haunt you in the future. But I do think it's something that uh, eventually has to happen. I just think with the parity of the National Hockey League now, with the salary cap in place, it, for some reason teams don't mind signing an unrestricted free agent from a long-time team. For instance, Toronto signing John Tavares. You know, I'm, you know, sure, the New York Islanders are really disappointed about it, but he played out his term there, played 10 years, and you know what? They didn't want to buck up like Toronto did, so Toronto said, here you go, and he moved. Whatever. Um, nobody seems to have a problem with that. But when all of a sudden a restricted free agent comes around, it's like, ooh, we better not tamper with that because of what might happen down the road. It's a tight-knit community, as you well know, Bob. This is a oh, yeah. this is an old boys club like any old boys club, and it's about doing business. But when you speak about business, eventually, sometimes... Um, 
like in the Godfather, I think he said, you got to go to the mattresses. You got to sometimes you just got to like, you know, say you know what enough's enough, and it's time to uh, make your team better. And sometimes you're going to have to make some people angry in doing that. So if there was ever going to be an opera sheet. I would think it would be this summer because of all the, the restricted free agents, and, and not just restricted free agents. Really, really good restricted free yes. agents, like in some cases, the best players on their team. Yeah, well, sir. Um, getting back to Braden Point, like you said, just I want to follow up on Braden Point. Sure. I agree with you. I think that um, you know John Cooper, as early as two years ago, said that this guy is the most consistent player on their team. You know, two years ago he had in the in the sixties in points, he scored thirty goals. Um, I don't know his exact numbers and points, but he was up there. But he was kind of really breaking onto the scene, and everybody's like, wow, this Braden Point is a 200-foot is a offensive juggernaut when he wants to be. This guy, is a, this guy is a driver, like you said. And then last year, he just, uh, you know, he's amongst some, like, some of the best players in the game there, and he stands out. You watch games, and you say, I noticed, noticed this guy more than anybody. Kucherov is ungodly skilled. And make no mistake about it, him putting up back-to-back 100-point seasons is it's no fluke. This guy is super dynamic and mega offensive. Um, but I think Braden Point might be the more complete player. 41 and goals. What do you, want, what, what do you yeah. want in the National Hockey League now? You want a guy that can drive, like you said. You want a guy that can play both ends. You have to have it all. You have to have the offense. You have to have the defense. But for a pivot, especially for a centerman, um, he does it all. Yeah, to me, he's he. Both he and Aho are, are more uh, valuable than Marner. They play center. Uh, to, you know, you look at Drysaddle, fifty goal season, hundred point year, plays center at least half the time. Good in faceoffs, was excellent in the playoffs the one year. It's going to be interesting to see how Toronto handles the Marner situation. All right, Louis, time to put your GM's hat on, your Ken Holland hat for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Um, okay. I'll give you a quick, easy one right out of the gate. Nolachari is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, the Oilers definitely need help in their bottom six should he be a target yes okay um just for i've got to see Noel play almost every game he's played in the boston burns uniform um physical great penalty killer um will score some timely goals for you but it's the physicality i just think it's the grind that he plays the game with uh very valuable player for the bruins and that's something that i think that edmonton could certainly use more of i think every team can use more of that uh, you want someone that's going to drag you into the fight, going to finish checks, going to be punishing, drop the gloves every once in a while. Um, he's a lefty, too, so watch out. Um, I like him. I like him as a player. He's a good good kid, too. I think that, uh, you know, he's he's built like a fire hydrant. You try and run into this guy, you fall down. So, um, and I like that aspect of his game. I don't know what it's going to take to get him, though, and obviously he's going he's gonna to probably pursue the free agent market and look and see exactly what he can get. Um, so that's dangerous. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to vastly overpay for an old Chari, but I'd certainly give him a good deal to be a, a real good depth guy for you. Okay. Total curveball here for you. Corey Perry. And before people sit yeah. there and say, well, why would he come to Edmonton? Uh, there, You know what? If you're Corey Perry and you're looking to jumpstart things for, uh, on a one-year deal, when you're rolling out McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins as center options, that's not a bad place. This is a real tough one for me because I'm a big Corey Perry fan, and I I have loved his career. I love that he's greasy, he's around, and at every single game that I've ever called with Corey Perry in it, I've talked at least once or twice about him bumping into the goalie, being right in the goalie's grill. We all know in the playoffs a couple of years ago, um, 
you know, right on the line. He, he always skirts that line. He's right on the line of interference. David Perron is the same. And I like those type of players. I like those players that are in the, in, in the grind and in the dirty areas to score goals. I really do feel, though, with Corey Perry, the speed factor has just has blown by him, unfortunately. I think mentality, I think drive, shot, skill set around the net, all that is still up to par, no problem for me. The speed factor for me, though, is a real problem with Corey Perry. And uh, I'm not saying that he can't get it done because he still can because he is so smart. Uh, Mark Stone isn't the fastest guy around either, but he gets it done. He's really intelligent on the ice, and he just signed a $9.5 million deal. But uh, I just think the way he's played the game, Corey Perry, has taken his toll on him. It's taken his toll on him. And that's just my honest opinion. I, I, I'd be very leery of bringing him on board. But if it's a bargain, if it's a deal, and you want to give it a chance, you never know. It could catch fire, too. But I just, for me personally, I think that I just... And I love him. I think he's a great player. I think he's a competitor. He's a big game player, too. But I just think the game's gone really quick. Okay. Uh, Brett Connolly, you know Jerry Johansson has stated that the Oilers have ha- had discussions with him. You've seen Connolly play against Boston a lot over the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, what's What are your thoughts on the player? You know what? I have a lot of respect for him because he came in as a really high pick. So he came in with, you know, a lot of expectation coming into the National Hockey League, and it didn't really take off for him right away. He hit a real roadblock and some adversity. But what it made him do is it made him change the way he played the game, which I really respect in players when they do it because it's survival. Some players can do it. Most can't. Most can't do it. Most can't change to a degree where it allows them to stick around, but he did, and he's carved out a really nice career for himself, won a Stanley Cup that he was a big role in in Washington, and had a career high last year. Let's not forget he's not that old. I think he's only 26, 27 years old. So he's been in the league for a while already, um, and he's kind of just figuring it out right now, which I think is great. We see that happen a lot with players where they have to kind of change. They change for the better. They play a more defensive-style game, a grittier game in the trenches, which I think he does, and he's a lot bigger than people think he is too. He's like 6'3". Um, I've had some real good conversations with him. What I've taken from those conversations is the fact that he's not afraid to look in the mirror and understand that he needs to do certain things differently. He went out and did those things differently and had over 20 goals for the first time in his career last year and made it look easy. Yeah, I, 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 there's a, there'd be a lot of interest for me for him. He's won. He's had to pay his dues. He's had to grind um, and face some adversity. So I think there's a player right there that when he comes to the rink, he comes to play. I'm going to ask you about uh, one more scenario. So we've gone 13 minutes in this conversation, and I talked about yes, a Pugliarvi. And I'm only going to tell... Uh, go I was kind down of hoping the... maybe we could bypass it for one week. Well, what I was going to say is, would you do... I mean, the, the Carolina... <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I'm the joking. Carolina Hurricanes just got Eric Holla. You know I've, I, oh, I love I, Eric Holla. You know that. I like him, too. He, yeah, I like him, too. I was surprised to see that, but obviously they're going to have to... Would you be prepared to – so they gave up a conditional fifth and uh, Nikola Waugh to get hollow. Would you be prepared to give up yes to pull your RV and say a fourth-round pick to get hollow out of Carolina? Say that again. Would you give up a uh, uh, yes to pull your RV mm-hmm. and a fourth-round pick to get Eric Halla out of Carolina? Um, can I do it right now? There you go. Like – how high of a yesterday, pick would you give up? Like yesterday? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, this is a 29 goal scorer or 30 goal. Did he score 30? He scored 29. 29 two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, but there's no question. It's the way he plays the game. Yeah. It's the way he plays the game. He very much like Carlson. Carlson Howell went to Vegas. They were both guys that were suppressing their respective lineups. Howell in Minnesota, Carlson in Columbus. They're able to spread their wings a little bit in Vegas, and we see what type of players they can be. This guy has speed. He has jam. And he can finish. He's an energy guy. Um, it's a I, no-brainer. It's a no-brainer for me. And before anybody no says anything, all I'm going to say to you is 100% the Edmonton Oilers could have gotten Nikola Waugh and a late-round pick for Yassipoli-Arvey straight up. 100% oh. the Oilers could have done that. Now, the question oh. is, given that Carolina now is having to buy out... This was this was salary opening up for Vegas. Right. And, I mean, and so Vegas... They, had, they were forced to make that trade. And people I mean, know, Louis, and people know you're less likely to trade in the division. So sometimes yeah. you yeah. have to... Right, capitalize on the opportunity of going and grabbing a guy that's been flipped kind to like, another team, right? So, kind of like Martin Jones going to Boston and coming back to San Jose from LA, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing I've always had a lot of time for Hala. I, I liked him when he was in Minnesota. Um, yes, I liked, I just liked how fast he played the game, how aggressive he was on pucks, it was pressure. Uh, he's a centerman, you know, he's a centerman that can be shuffled around, he can play wing too. I mean, I yeah, that's a no-brainer for me. You're talking about a centerman and a winger and an established guy in the league and a guy that's trying to figure out his game. Yeah, It's it's it's, it's easy for me. And people say, well, what about the extension moving forward? He's the UFA. I'm like, yeah, he's going to get four to five million bucks moving forward because he's, yep. cause he, yep. he's your number seven forward and he plays a critical role. All right, uh, Louis DeBras joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. One final one for you, Louis. Totally should have asked you this before you went to air. So... Think back to your playing days. In the summer, do you ever cross paths with a guy that you had a heated or healthy rivalry with on the ice? And, uh, you know, in the summer you'd see him and you'd have a couple seven-ups. But then you knew once the season started again, when you cross paths with him again, you might have to drop the flippers. You know what? Yeah. I, I used to bump into a lot of guys in the summer because I would jump back and forth between Ontario and, and Alberta. So, I mean, I was jumping around seeing buddies and, you know, you would always cross paths at charity events with different guys. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I always knew I had no um, illusions that just because I met a guy off the ice and we shook hands and had a cold one together that if something happened off the ice or something needed to be done that it wasn't going to be any different than it was the year before. A funny one, though, um, Jody Shelley, who I really respect, you know, was one of the best at what he did, came in and just absolutely demanded that he be was in the league, fought Probert three times in one game and then fought him again the next game. I mean, he went right after the biggest, baddest guy at that time. He was a little bit past his prime, no question, but still a dangerous dude and uh, really made a name for himself. But we used to train together in the summertime in Edmonton here. He does a great job as an analyst, too. Yes, he does. Columbus, by the way. I think he's great. But anyway, he... Uh, we used to train here in Edmonton together. So I went and made the team out of Chicago, signed like two week, a week and a half before training camp, went in there, made the camp, made the team, ended up getting my 400th game there. Well, the very first game of the season was against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we're up 2 nothing in the game, come out to the face-off, and Jody Shelley comes out there. And I'm like, hey, Jody, what's up? He goes, we got to go. I'm like, what? We've, we've, got, we've got five guys in our team that will fight. But he's like, all business. He's like, you know what? We're going. And I'm like, okay. I mean, so we ended up having a fight. And 
I, it just made me laugh. I'm in the penalty box looking over. I'm going, like, why would I think any differently? This guy's an animal, right? Like, he's but one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. Come back to Chicago. We played them the following week. And I'm staying at the Sutton Place Hotel, and the Columbus Blue Jackets are staying there as well. My wife and I and our two kids are coming out of the hotel uh, to go for a walk, and the Columbus bus pulls up. So everybody jumps off the Columbus bus. Jody Shelley steps off in front of his whole team, walks over the 60 yards out of the way and comes over and says hello and shakes my hand and says hi to Cindy and the kids. Like, that's the kind of guy that he is. And I knew that the next night we might have to fight again. Like, that's just the kind of guy that he was, and that was the job. And I always loved the fact that he could put the hat on, the helmet on, and say, you know what, it's, it's game time, it's time to go. But when you take the helmet off, it's like, okay, you know what, you turn that off, that mechanism off. doesn't mean that you're still not thinking about it, it's just you put it on the back burner for a bit until it's time to go play hockey again. Louie, awesome stuff. If you don't mind, we'd like to get you on one more time to wrap up uh, free agency next Thursday, okay? Sure. Sounds good, bud. All right, Louie. Uh, take care. You too, man. That's uh, Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1254 at Edmonton. Off, uh, no, not yet. Uh, we're going to quickly step out for 90 seconds. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 12.55 in Edmonton. Kawhi Leonard spotted in Barbados wearing a Blue Jays uh, jersey. That'll get everybody in Toronto pumped up. That he's flying the flag for the city. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Let's go to our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford out of Fort Saskatchewan. Topher... One of our uh, critical texters, is, and that's the polite term I would use because he texts anywhere from 18 to 25 times a day, which must mean he's self-employed. Uh, Topher texts the show that says, nobody is giving you jack for pool party. I got news for you, Topher. Uh, there have been uh, numerous discussions around pool yarvey. And uh, what isn't going to happen is Ken Holland isn't going to give him away. Again, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Bob, Brett Connolly is Mark Stone Light. That text comes out of us uh, to us from Grand Prairie. He's pretty good. Uh, another texter out of Red Deer is saying, Bob, why didn't the Oilers just get hollow from Vegas? Because sometimes teams make easier trades outside of their division than they do in the division. Of course, many of you know the story about Corey Schneider. Vancouver Canucks were looking for the number seven overall pick, which turned out to be Darnell Nurse. A second-round pick and um, Martin Marincin for Corey Schneider at the 2013 draft. They ended up taking the number nine pick from New Jersey for him that they deployed to draft a guy by the name of Bo Horvat. 12.57 in Edmonton. When we come back uh, on orders now at 105 today, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. But right now, off to a global news weather traffic update. Hylian Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.